I'm Michael Foster, and you're listening to It's Good to Be a Man, the podcast where we are extending God's house and father rule by helping men to establish their own houses in strength, skill, and wisdom. Today, we're going to start a series where we address probably the question we get asked more than any other question, and that is, how do you lead a wife? So this isn't going to be uh, a exhaustive series. We're just going to give you a primer and we're going to look at it uh, through three steps. We're going to break it down like this. You lead your wife first by following Jesus. Second, by requiring her to follow in your tracks. And third, calling her to do so. And that may seem simplistic, but it is a foundation you can build with. And that's what we'll look at in the next three episodes. <laughs> isn't just someone who people follow. He's someone they can trust to take them where they need to go. Uh, To lead, you have to have a vision of where you're going, a mission that you're working towards. You can't follow someone that's standing still. And we like to say that uh, there is no submission without a mission. You have to have something to submit yourself to. So for a Christian, this means following God. It means orienting yourself towards the creation mandate as given to Adam in Genesis 1 and expanded in the Great Commission in Matthew 28. And if you don't understand what the creation mandate is, you can go back to our first episodes on the doxological purpose of sex. Now, you follow Jesus by living out his design for all of human life. And that's true for everyone, of course. But for you as a husband, it means having a vision of your household as a small part Indeed, a small replica of God's household. So God makes a cosmos, and your household is a little microcosmos. So let's step back slightly to summarize what we mean. So in Genesis 1, God created a household. Adam was a son of God, made to represent his father's name in the world. He was the first king in a new family. God created a dynasty. This is the kingdom of God, the house of God. You can look at Luke 3, 38. Psalm 52.8, Ephesians 2.19, Hebrews 10.21. You can look all over scripture and see this. But in the fall, Adam abandoned representing God's name in favor of his own. This set up the central conflict of redemptive history, man's subjugation of his kingdom to sin and Satan, and God's determination to restore it under his own name under a new king who would be the exact imprint of his nature who would do only what his father gives him to do men now are driven to build Uh, my my sons are always out there digging in the dirt and making things this is built into us adam's first son built a city and later a united mankind built a tower the tower of babel to make their name great So it's possible, like Adam and his progeny, to be on mission for your name alone, building your interests rather than God. Matter of fact, everyone is building someone's kingdom. They're either building their own kingdom, which really is just building a kingdom of sin, or they're building God's kingdom. And this can you can be successful by worldly standards, but the alternative is far better, to be on mission for the name of God, conforming yourself to the image of his son. Good Christian leaders do not have to be strong, 
independent type A personalities. It, it can be an impediment, actually. The strength of a Christian leader is not of the flesh. It is the weakness of God. The, the independence of a Christian leader is not self-sufficiency and autonomy, which are really enslavement. This consider John 8, 34 through 38 and verse 44. It is the detachment that comes from resting only in God's word and provision. That's what makes a Christian leader. A Christian leader does not build for his own namesake, but for God. He's looking to Jesus, God's promised king, and for the hope of playing a part in bringing an end to sin and Satan. And again, your house is a microcosm of God's. And you see this in Ephesians 3.15 and Ephesians 5.23. You yourself are a living brick in the house, 1 Peter 2.5. And so all those under you are bricks as well. Thus, you must build your house to build God's. Follow the example of Jesus. Even at the age of 12, when he went missing in Jerusalem, he said to his parents, why is it that you're looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Yet barely, you know, more than a boy, Jesus was devoted to his father's house, to raising it up. Look at John uh, 2, 19, 21. Jesus answered them, he said, destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. You know, uh, he was speaking about the, the you know, the, the work of the gospel, bringing God's uh, kingdom to bear. And then if you look at Ephesians 2, 19 uh, through 22, or 2 Corinthians 6, uh, 16 through 18, you'll see this too. He says, until the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his anointed. Um, so how did he begin this process at such a young age? Just two verses later, Luke tells us, And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. We must follow in the steps of Jesus. We must increase in wisdom and stature in favor with God and men. We break this down the way we, we come at this, masculine virtues into wisdom, strength, and workmanship. And we're always kind of toying with how to articulate uh, what we mean by masculine virtues. But for now, this is how we're doing it. These all work together in the pursuit of exercising dominion, ordering your world in a way that extends God's name. So wisdom is the ability to know God's will and how to apply it to the realities of your world. Strength is the mental and physical fortitude required to practice wisdom and exercise command over your world. Workmanship is how you use and develop your abilities and gifts to order your world in strength and wisdom. So a man who has developed these virtues discovers that he has acquired another key virtue that men lack today, gravitas. Now this old word can be translated as weight seriousness or importance it was used by the romans to describe a man with a sense of responsibility and commitment to a task it's the same idea behind mark 122 uh, where the people were astonished at jesus's teaching for he taught them as one who had authority not like the scribes at the age of 30 jesus had gravitas that far exceeded many much older religious leaders and why was this? Because he had developed real wisdom, strength, and workmanship. He didn't shortcut the process by fabricating a cheap, um, you know, a cheap ripoff. Think of um, Matthew chapter six. The gospels also illustrate another truth. 
people naturally follow men with gravitas. Men must develop gravitas if they desire to lead anyone, including a woman. So how do you do it? Well, gravitas is developed as you discipline yourself in pursuing the mission of God. A man has gravitas to the extent that he reflects God. Think of it in terms of an actual, gra of actual gravity, where God is the sun, you're the earth, your wife is the moon. She must orbit you, but you must both be orbiting the sun, and you are the one who pulls her with you as you do this. And this is a problem in a lot of relationships, is that the woman has more gravitas than the man. And therefore, the man, is, it'd be like the moon trying to get the earth to, to orbit around it. It's not going to work. And so the, it's unnatural. And so men who throw themselves into the work of life, to pursuing wisdom and strength and workmanship, as they do that, they develop gravitas and naturally will have a pull and a way, a way to hold a woman in their orbit. And so a lot of guys can't get a woman and can't lead a woman because they don't have any gravitas. They have no weight to them. I remember once someone told me that uh, my problem was that I lacked gravity, that I was always making jokes, and there was nothing serious to me. And that really hit me and was very helpful to me because uh, I was in my mid-20s when I heard that, and I, I wanted to become much more serious after that and have some weight to me. So how do you develop gravitas? Well, again, I said, you know, throw yourself into life to actually pursuing it. You can't get there just by reading books. By, you can't even get there just by listening to podcasts. It's action, action, action. You got to take steps. So here's two areas, though. Okay? First, self-discipline. And this is where you, you place yourself in the orbit of God, devoting yourself to his cause. And this takes many forms. Um, including the means of grace. So Bible reading, prayer, church attendance, serving your local church in different ways, obeying his commands there. Don't neglect to gather yourself together. God is a, a reward of those who diligently seek him. So uh, discipline yourself uh, by knowing the Lord and following him through scripture. These basic things. Do you have a systematic a reading plan for your, your Bible time? Do you have a way you go about prayer? You can use something as simple as a chapter a day for your Bible reading and for prayer. Just use Acts, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, uh, thanksgiving, and suppl supplication. And just pray every day for 10 minutes. Just start somewhere. Uh, another way is physical fitness, taking good care of yourself. This didn't used to be the issue that it has become because so many of our jobs now, we just are, we're standing still. I remember when I, the last time I could see every single one of my abs was when I worked in a warehouse and I was lifting boxes all day uh, when I was in college. But now I work uh, from a desk, I work from a computer, and that means I, uh, my body's not getting the exercise that it needs. And, you know, people do not respect people that are out of shape. They, they, it shows a sort of lack of weight to them, um, or at least they don't respect them as much as they would if they were in shape. So having physical um, fitness, discipline yourself, whether it's working out through lifting weights or running or, or doing boxing, it doesn't really matter. Just discipline yourself. 
And then also just working unto the Lord, bringing God's wisdom, bringing uh, a uh, understanding that your work isn't just for your employer, but it's for the Lord. So you work really hard. You give yourself to being a janitor. <laughs> you give yourself to being a uh, you know someone that is a salesman, whatever. You you discipline yourself. You call yourself to excellence. You tell yourself no when it uh, when you want sin and laziness, and you tell yourself yes when it comes to God's God's law, fulfilling it by uh, by the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Then uh, also household discipline. This is where. You, you call your family to follow your orbit, providing for them to do so and casting a clear vision for the home. And that too takes uh, many forms, you know, but it includes teaching, prayer, and simple and regular, simple regular communication. And so you have to, people need to know where they're going. Imagine you just running and zigzagging, going different directions, bouncing all around. That's a very difficult person to follow. And if you don't know where you're taking your family, uh, they're going to have a hard time following you. And so I would really recommend that you get family devotions going. Even if it's with your wife, if just you and your wife, if you don't have kids yet, uh, you can read a psalm. Read a psalm together. And then uh, say, hey, honey, what stuck out to you? This is what stuck out to me. That's cool. And then pray about it and do that. Or say, hey, what are some things you'd like to pray about before we start our day or as we end our day? Just start leading them in Scripture. A lot of people fail because they, they try to make it into this whole big sermon thing, and, and it's a big mess. If you just would start teaching in simple ways, um, start praying simple prayers, and then also saying things like, hey, here's where we're lacking money, and this is going to be a problem for the next couple months, or Here's what here's when I'd like us to get a house. I'd like us to, to get a house in five years, and here's how we're gonna do it. And just just letting them know where you're going, what's going on, what's the plan. So discipline yourself, and then discipline your house by calling them to follow you. Like, look, sweetie, it's not like I didn't tell you that this is where we're gonna go, but you have to communicate that vision so you can call them to follow it. So in short, <clears throat> gravitas comes from the practice undertaking of the dominion of God has given you. So that is where you have to start. Develop gravitas. If you want to lead someone, you have to have that characteristics. And you guys can say, well, they should follow me anyway. Well, that's true. Like They should obey you because God's giving you authority. But God uh, always pairs authority and responsibility together. And you're responsible to become the sort of man that people follow. So until next time, be on alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love.